Welcome to The Story Forest, an original story podcast for curious and adventurous children. In this episode, Theo is woken up in the middle of the night by a thunderstorm and by Matilda, who has exciting news. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Story music by Neil Richardson of Splash Point Jazz. Theo and the Thunder Fair Theo was suddenly awake. He wasn't sure what had woken him up, but it could have been any number of things. The thunder crashing loudly, the lightning flashing and lighting up his room, the sound of driving rain, the trees dancing and rushing in the wind, the hot, humid air, or maybe Matilda, who was knocking at the window. Theo opened it and she flew in quickly. Theo slammed the window closed behind her. The monster buzzed around the room. She was soaking wet, but there was light in her eyes and a smile on her face. Theo rubbed his eyes sleepily. He had definitely never seen Matilda this excited before. It's the first storm of summer, she said happily. That means it's the Thunder Fair tomorrow night. I thought I'd come and tell you, as you'll need to be there. The what? Theo was still partly asleep. Oh, it's wonderful, Matilda said, swooping up and down the room as though she were dancing. The tantruths shed their winter skin and it turns to tiny glittery sparkles and moves through the glade. The Glondils sing their summer song and you can't help dancing. And most of all, the young Tylos store all of the lightning from the night before inside them and then let it flash out of them at the dance. And, of course, the monster hunter makes the address to the assembled monsterdom for the beginning of summer. It's all so wonderful. Matilda perched on his bedpost and gave the longest purr he had ever heard. You'll love it, Theo. I thought you should know. And couldn't it wait until morning, Theo said just a little grumpily. If I'm going to sneak out tomorrow night, I'm going to need my sleep now. See you tomorrow, Matilda. Matilda left out of the window and Theo slumped back into bed and a fitful sleep full of dreams of thunder, monsters and parties. The next day, Theo was finding it difficult to concentrate at school. He had been in his new class for a few weeks now and was beginning to know some people and feel a bit more at home, largely thanks to Molly, who had been so welcoming and friendly. In between seeing the monsters in the forest, helping the spine wort to remove the live cat it had swallowed by mistake, providing the non-stuns with honey from his cupboard when they were getting tetchy, and stopping Hugo from bouncing on Walker's heads. He had even managed to spend some time with his new friends. Now, as Theo sleepily examined the edge of his worn desk, Molly nudged him hard. He looked around and everyone else was standing up. He stood quickly and the teacher ushered a man and a woman into the room. They were dressed like posh people in films with neat shirts and jackets and tans. This is Mr and Mrs Heston, Theo's teacher said with a smile. You may know that they sponsor our forestry programme at the school. Today they have a special challenge for you. Mrs Heston smiled a toothy smile. And Mr Heston began to speak. Yes, yes, of course. 
It is very important that everyone gets acquainted with the lovely woods we have, so we thought we'd set you all a challenge. Theo wasn't sure if it was his monster hunter senses or just his lack of good sleep, but he suddenly had the feeling that something bad was about to happen. Mr Heston kept speaking. So we have set up a challenge for you. In groups, you will spend the evening in the forest. You will remain, if you are brave enough, until midnight. You will have a few challenges to complete, creating a shelter, building a safe fire, and collecting a number of things. Any group who completes the challenge will receive a very special prize. There were gasps around the classroom. Everyone else was very excited, but Theo had a feeling of dread creeping over him. Why would it be tonight, the one night that the monsters would be going completely wild? Your parents have already agreed, Theo's teacher chimed in. There will be adults patrolling the forest too. You can choose your groups now and I will give you an hour in this lesson to make a plan. We will meet at the forest at six o'clock. Mr and Mrs Heston said a few more things and then left, and Theo felt everyone starting to chatter around him. He felt like he couldn't breathe. What on earth was he meant to do? Theo, Evie, Sam and me, Molly was saying to the teacher. That's the perfect team. Teams are of six people. Harry and Ben can join you. The twins moved over to sit with them and Theo scowled. The others started planning their snacks, supplies and who was bringing what, while Theo sat and tried to think of a way to stop it happening. The rest of the school day slipped away into maths and history and lunch and PE and geography and Theo didn't seem to take any of it in at all. His ideas were getting desperate now. He wondered if he could set fire to the forest, but then it would burn down. Could he persuade the monsters to cancel or the teacher? No way, no one was going to listen to him. Could he pretend to be ill and stay at home and miss the whole thing? No, the monsters were counting on him, let alone Molly, Evie, Sam and the twins. He sighed again and the school bell rang for the end of the day. It had never come more quickly. Instead of heading straight home, Theo wandered into the woods. He wondered about getting the snorfuls to make it smell again, but he didn't want Mr Clamworth to realise something was wrong and try to build the footpath again. Whatever was he going to do? Without realising it, Theo had walked to Tricklemore's bath. Tricklemore was the first monster that Theo had ever seen, and now Theo remembered that he had offered to help. He felt a surge of excitement. Maybe Tricklemore would be able to solve everything. The monster was lounging in his bath, oozing the mud between his enormous fingers idly. It looked up and gave Theo a big smile. Hello, young Theo. You look troubled. Would you like to have a mud bath? It's very relaxing. Theo declined politely, then explained his problem. 
And so, you see, it's all very complicated, and so much is going on, and I don't think that I can solve it. There was a silence. Then Tricklemore gave a long, hmm. Theo didn't say anything, and eventually the huge monster began to speak again. Theo, I do not see any problem larger than you have already faced but only lots of them put together. This is complicated. You will have to work hard, but I have utter faith that you can make this work. You are a monster hunter. Theo felt a little cheered by the monster's confidence in him, but not really as though he had any new ideas. Tricklemore must have realised this as he began to talk again. Let's break it down into smaller problems. Then I'm sure you can find a solution for each one. Theo blinked. There was so much to think about. But finally he managed to speak. The lightning flashes, he said slowly. How would I ever stop people noticing them? Now that he was thinking about only one problem, he seemed more able to face it. He sat down on a tree stump and, almost without thinking, let out a long, low whistle. Soon Matilda would be here and between them they would work it through. Eventually, they had a plan that Theo thought might just work. They grinned at each other, then Matilda and Theo went off to tell the monsters what to do. Theo found that the terror in his stomach had been replaced by something that felt just the tiniest bit like excitement. After he had found all the monsters he needed to, Theo ran home and changed and put a warm jumper on, ate some fruit and biscuits, and then the doorbell rang. Theo opened it and Sam, Evie and Molly were there, with Harry and Ben a little behind. They all looked excited and were kitted out for adventure, with warm jumpers, raincoats and big rucksacks. Molly grinned. Ready? Almost, Theo said, standing aside to let them in, grabbing his rucksack and a rug, some biscuits from the kitchen and a torch. Let's go! It was still light outside and would be for a couple of hours. The monster party would begin as soon as it started to get dark, and so Theo could almost relax for a little time. He led his friends to the bottom of the garden and then through the fence and into the forest. Let's do the scavenger hunt first, Molly said, clutching their piece of paper. It'll be easier while it's light and then we can relax later on. She divided up all the things that everyone had to look for. There was an excitement in the air from the children and from the monsters around. Theo smiled. Maybe tonight would be brilliant, after all. Theo and his friends completed the scavenger hunt quite quickly and started to build their shelter and fire. Harry had brought a great big tarpaulin and they managed to balance lots of long sticks against each other, supported by branches of two nearby trees. Theo had led them to this good spot and they were all impressed by his knowledge of the forest, especially for a city boy. Ben dug a pit, surrounded it by big stones and then built and tended a fire, 
carefully to make sure that it was safe. Theo had to admit he was impressed. Evie took some marshmallows out of the bag and they started to toast them. It was all going perfectly. Until now, Theo had ignored the little sights of monsters out of the corner of his eyes. But now the sun was setting and the sky was gradually fading from blue to grey. It was time for the Thunder Fair to start. It was time to be a monster hunter. Far away in the forest, monster music started to play. It was wild and rhythmic and Theo could feel something within him wanting to dance. The others were looking confused. My dad said someone was having a party that side of the forest, Theo said. It was almost true. He stood up. Shall we go and say hi to the other groups? The others agreed and they set out into the darkening woods. Theo led the way, following the florists, and soon they found another group of their friends who had built a shelter similar to theirs and were sitting around a smaller fire. While the others chatted, Theo looked around. He could hear monsters moving and gathering, speaking as though far off. He realised that part of him wanted to go and find them, to join the Thunder Fair and experience everything that was going on. But if everything went as planned, he should be there for the most important moment at least. He turned back to the group. Let's go and find someone else, Molly was saying. Where are Harry and Ben? Theo looked around him quickly. Just then he heard the florist below calling his name. I'll go and find them, he shouted behind him as he followed the monster into the trees. They quickly came to a clearing where monsters in magnificent colours, even more fantastic looking than usual, were dancing, swirling and stomping as a seven-trunked purplish monster, a bant, banged exotic looking drums. The earth was flying around them and the air glimmering. But six feet away from Theo, Harry and Ben were stepping out of the trees into what they thought was an empty clearing. Theo was sure that as soon as an enthusiastic nintic or a swirling nagler bumped into them, they would see everything, so he threw himself towards them. Quick, he said, grabbing them. The fire is going out, we need help. Harry and Ben looked at him strangely, but he marched them back into the trees with a firm grip on their arms. When they got back to the others, the florist gave Theo a small shake that he knew meant that everything else was all right, for now. After saying hello to a couple more groups, Theo's group went back to their campfire. Harry and Ben took it in turns, trying to scare everyone with ghost stories, but Theo was only half listening and felt like there couldn't be anything more dramatic than his current situation. Then Theo sat bolt upright. There was one thing he had forgotten to do, something very important. As a monster hunter, he had to make a speech, and he hadn't written a word of it. He pulled another blanket around himself and stared into the fire, starting to think. Just half an hour later, it was time to go. I think I left my torch just over there, he said, standing up. I'll be back in a minute. The others were sleepy and didn't say much, and, excitement building, Theo stepped into the trees. Matilda was waiting.
She gave him his hat, stick and remote control, which he stowed in his pocket. Theo didn't need a torch. Tiny monsters lit the way. He could hear the glondills singing a bold summer song. He could feel the beat of the drum. He could hear the wild sounds of monsters everywhere, dancing and singing. They came to the clearing. It looked utterly magnificent. The air and the trees and the ground covered in colour and movement and delight. He grinned and stepped towards the large tree stump that was used as a podium. He stood on it and raised his arms. Applause of a thousand kinds rang out around the clearing. Theo had forgotten in this moment his school, his friends, the challenge. He was a monster hunter and it was the Thunder Fair. And these were the monsters. Monsters! he called out. And after a last whoop and stomp and crackle of applause, the monsters fell silent around him. I came to you only a few weeks ago, he began, finding that he knew what he wanted to say. Never having met a monster before, it was a surprise. But it was the best one I've ever had, he felt his mouth grinning. The variety and magnificence of monsterdom is spectacular. And what is even more spectacular is the way you have welcomed and embraced me. Thank you. I look forward to many more thunder fairs, many days and weeks and months and years of serving and discovering the magnificent monster community gave a low bow and caught Matilda's eye. She swooped in close and muttered to him. You have to declare the summer is begun. It felt like a fitting end to the speech. Theo lifted his arms high into the air again. I declare the summer is begun! All over the clearing, the air filled with glitter and music and cheers... And then the young Tylos, large silvery lizards that lived in the trees, stretched out their tongues and released the forked lightning they had stored up into the sky which blazed and flashed. Around the rest of the woods, the bants would be spraying water into the air and stomping, making it feel like a real storm. His classmates would all be sheltering in their tents. Theo found himself laughing wildly. And then he lowered his eyes and looked around the clearing at each monster, dancing and watching and... And something that was not a monster, something that was unmistakably Molly. And she could see everything. How could she not? Heart sinking, Theo let his hat and stick fall to the ground and raced across the clearing. But when he got there, Molly was gone. He raced into the trees, looking everywhere until he came to a sudden stop. The water from the pretend thunderstorm was pouring down all around them. By a tree, Molly stood terrified as Hugo bounced up and down on her head. She saw, Theo, she saw, Hugo said. Theo stepped towards them and Molly flinched. Theo stopped. Please stop that, Hugo. He spoke gently. Molly looked at him, still confused. He spoke to her in English. 
You weren't meant to see all of that. I'm sorry, Molly. They're friendly, mostly. I only just found out about them myself. Molly was shaking, and Theo couldn't seem to make his words make any real sense. They live here, and I found them when I came to the forest, and I'm a monster hunter. Only it actually means help and protect the monsters, because they're quite rare. He looked at her desperately. I was trying to keep you all safe from them, because it's their thunder fair tonight. After a long pause, Molly shook her head slightly. Theo could feel the remote control in his pocket. He wondered if it could possibly help in this situation. They're friendly, she spoke in a very small voice. Theo nodded seriously. Yes, some of them are even my friends. Just then, Matilda flew into the clearing, carrying a very old, large umbrella. You'll catch a cold, Theo! She scolded him in English before catching sight of Molly. It seemed that the sight of a concerned, purple, fluffy bat monster carrying an umbrella had been all that Molly needed. She shook herself. Well, Theo, she said with a brave smile, I always thought you were strange, but I never thought you were this strange. You're going to have to explain. She grinned at Matilda, took the umbrella, covered herself and Theo with it and they walked back to their group. The others were packing up, and together they walked back towards the school entrance to the woods, where their teacher and Mr and Mrs Heston were waiting. Everyone was wearing raincoats and carrying umbrellas. Every group had completed the challenge, and Mr Heston cleared his throat to speak. Well done, well done. You will all receive a prize of a cinema party in our luxury treehouse in the woods. Just then, a monster shriek came from the forest. Theo and Molly turned their heads, and Theo smiled as he saw Hugo being catapulted through the trees by a bant's trunk. He turned back to everyone and saw something else strange. Mrs Heston was turning her head too, and Theo was almost certain she had seen the monster. But she didn't look surprised at all. Everyone found their parents sleepily, and when they parted, Molly squeezed Theo's hand, whispering, Tomorrow, you have to tell me everything. He grinned. Maybe he should have felt bad that someone else knew about the monsters. But it was Molly, and actually he couldn't be more pleased. The end. Thanks for listening to The Story Forest. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you're the first to hear our brand new stories every Thursday.